Hey everyone, this is George Edelman, Editor-in-Chief at No Film School for the No Film School podcast. We have a unique version of our podcast this week. We have Michelle and Charles also joining me, but because of COVID-19 or coronavirus, they are both not in their usual workspaces, so our audio is going to be a little different. You're probably going to hear some things and some interference that you're not accustomed to on this podcast, and we apologize for that. We're going to do our best to minimize the way it affects the conversation. We have a lot of important stuff that we're talking about, particularly how COVID-19 is affecting people in our community, in our filmmaking community, what you can do to stay active, how you can weather the storm, so to speak, um, and places where we think there's going to be some resources that are available to everybody. Um, and we'll continue to do that through the podcast and nofilmschool.com. But I uh, just wanted to give you all a heads up that sound is a little tricky. You're probably going to hear Charles's baby, um, among other things. So bear with us. And hopefully by next week, we will have uh, a slightly more stable setup as we all adjust to the way things are going these days. This podcast is brought to you by Rev.com. Streamline your post-production workflow with fast and expensive transcripts and captions. Just say the word at Rev.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the No Film School podcast for week zero of the New Society, uh, <laughs> otherwise known as COVID-19 week zero or March 20, I don't even remember what the normal day would be, like March 20. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's a, Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. We record on Tuesdays for the Thursday release. So um, today we're going to be talking about the pandemic that has changed all of our lives. Uh, this is me, Charles Hain. I'm here with Editor-in-Chief George Edelman. Hello. And writer Michelle De La Tour. Hi, everyone. Doing the No Film School podcast. All right, so the first story, we're not going to talk about testing or the CDC or any of that because we are not epidemiologists, uh, we're filmmakers, but we are going to talk about the implications of COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2 or coronavirus for the film industry. The first thing I want to say is if you were old enough, you went through this in 2001 and 2008. Uh, if you're not quite old enough, you probably still went through this in 2008. The film industry is about to change radically. It will be okay. There will still be a film industry. If you think about what everybody is doing from home right now, everybody is consuming story-based media in a in a you know in a video format. Like streaming is up across the board. Like we will still be able to make things. Making things will change the same way two thousand eight changed things, and things do recover somehow we'll make it to the other side of this and there will be a film industry. It'll be a different film industry, but there will be a film industry again, even though at the moment it probably might not feel like that for many of our freelance listeners. Yes. Things are changing dramatically. I just really quickly, and all of that is true, Charles. I just want to go back and talk about where we were a week ago. Our last podcast on the no film school podcast came out on Thursday, March 12th. And that was the day that, we found out that Tom Hanks had coronavirus or COVID-19. The NBA canceled its entire league because a player had it. Since then, multiple players have had it and multiple other stars and names and politicians and figures and countless of people have been diagnosed. But there was a moment, I think, I've been trying to track this in my mind, where things changed because things have changed 
very fast and they've changed dramatically every day. When we were talking last week, we were talking about South by Southwest being canceled and the implications for filmmakers. The world has changed so fast about over this. Um, NAB is canceled. Every production has been halted. Uh, every release has been pushed back. Some VOD releases have been pushed forward. Um, we have articles about all of these things up on No Film School. We've been doing our best to track the impact that this has had on filmmakers. And I think I just wanted to put in perspective and have a, this be part of our conversation that like right now we're recording in a different way because you guys are both in different places because everything is crazy. And it was just like watching these dominoes fall day by day. And every day, I think many of us have checked the news to sort of see, okay, what is it today? How far is the market down? The market has had like insane drops over the course of the last few days. Major government bailouts like continue to be in the works of major industries. Like this thing, I think we want to try and scale down our conversation to what's happening for our world and our industry and filmmakers, but this thing is so big and it's hard to really encapsulate it. And I almost think it's fascinating to just look back at how last week we were talking about the, the hardship of this cancellation for South by Southwest filmmakers, which is still insane, but that was like the canary in the coal mine really. And it was only a week ago. It is, a, it is one of those shifts that you're like, you know, now the world is going to be different than it was. Yeah. I think, on, I think it'll be different in ways we can't see yet, but it'll be different for filmmakers. I think you make a great point. It's a scary time to be anywhere right now, but if we're just talking about our industry, it's a scary time. Um, productions being halted, people who live gig to gig, um, writers not knowing like when they're going to be back in a writer's room or when, but I think you make a really good point. And I think it's a good North star for everyone who's afraid or concerned. People are definitely going to continue to consume content, watch stories, read stories, listen to podcasts, uh, enjoy, like you can go out and create things still. Well, uh, sorry, you shouldn't go out and create things. You can go in and create things. <laughs> you can go outside. And you can get go fresh outside air. carefully. Yes, you can. I we are going to try on no film school and keep an eye on the page for this to create some kind of like little contest of creating yes. stuff within a minute yes. at home, inside, outside, around, however you can. And we're gonna try and make this like a community based opportunity to stay engaged with the process and with one another in whatever way we can for our community. So look at the website for that um, and we'll have more about it. But I just like in general, uh, I don't know where to even like start here. Like how are people coping? This is a, this is a work from home situation for everybody, but some of us in this world, in this community have experience making that life work. It's kind of like a different, it's a different mindset. Um, and I think you guys can really speak to it. So maybe we can talk through some, tips and some updates about ways you can do that. Cause I know some platforms are making it a little easier. And then I think also from an educator standpoint, Charles, like what are resources people can use and how are you guys handling it at Fierstein? Oh my God. 
<laughs> like, and I, I don't mean, like, I hope that doesn't sound like a criticism of anybody I work with. Everyone I work with has been amazing and we're a kick-ass team and it's like amazing to watch us come together. But like, how do you run a film school online? I do want to say, I think, thank you. And also um, in a sense of kind of amazement of like the, the, not just in the way that things are changing rapidly, but how companies have adapted and what they're offering to folks very quickly, right? So very quickly we saw Adobe and Avid say, hey, if you had access at your school and you don't have access anymore, we'll get you access from home if you fill out this link. Um, you know, we saw, I think Edit Stock dropped some of their prices. So if you wanted to practice editing from home, you could do that. So there are ClassPass and Peloton. If you're trying to work out from home, they're giving trials for their apps and things. So there's been a lot of shifts, not just creatively in terms of where we're working, but shifts that companies are making in terms of offering, knowing that, hey, it's going to be a lot harder for everyone to do anything, much less the schedule or routines that they're used to. So thank you to those folks that have quickly changed their delivery practices that have changed their policies and licenses to make things easier from home. Cause it's really, um, that meant a lot, I think to a lot of folks to see folks across the board doing that. Um, some of the things we talked about last week, I've actually seen go into effect, uh, for my work and for others. So I've seen virtual lunch bunches pop up and virtual happy hours pop up because social interactions really key. And it was always yeah. really key, but, but, you know, you'd have it in the office, then you'd leave and maybe have it someplace else outside of your office. But when your office and your home and your social life are now in one square compartment, you know, you have to work much harder to do social outings. And I've seen creative friends post, I'm hosting a trivia session tomorrow night. I've had friends host uh, various games that are virtual, happy hours that are virtual. And I think we're going to see that come across the board. I think... Um, and shout out to Zoom. So everyone, a lot of folks are using Zoom. I think there's a worry that Zoom might crash at some point in the next week or so. Kids uh, are using it. Many... I know like yeah. young kids, yeah. like that's how they're keeping them connected. My kids are ha having virtual play dates. I, I want to just throw in real quick. One of the weirdest things about this is we all wondered about, you know, we've science fiction and technology have always converged to sort of predict strange future scenarios. One constant has been like that technology would somehow be our undoing and what i find fascinating about this situation is that technology is like our savior right now in a way that um the ability to like do these future things like do everything remote and never leave our houses and talk it's actually like not bad it's it's saving the human connection i think that's just a fascinating like just an indicator that we never know how things are going to go. <laughs> we never know what's going to be the culprit or what's going to be the hero or the villain or what. Anyway, but yeah, continue. I also heard about people doing um, remote or um, uh, FaceTime like workout things. Like so you can do like a workout class and there's like videos of a guy, a trainer who got on his roof and was like leading people on their balconies and stuff. So, A lot of our listeners know all too well that some parts of post-production are basically thankless, time-consuming black holes. They pull you in and absolutely annihilate your resources and your energy. You thought you could spend your time making great videos, but instead, you're in the weeds, scouring through footage, going back and forth with clients and team members. When you're done, you're captioning this and that in 850,000 different formats for distribution. And to make matters worse, you're doing all of this on a tight deadline. 
Our friends over at Rev.com have found a few ways to free up that nightmarishly inefficient workflow. They can make it faster, your team more efficient, and your process generally more collaborative. It's all with the help of their transcripts and captions. Find out what you need with the speed of Rev transcripts. Send out what you've made with the adaptability of Rev captions. And check out your new favorite post-production tool at Rev.com. That's R-E-V dot com. Work from home now is life from home, right? So everything that we've done up to this point is just an online. I just think it's good to remember that that means that we are, I read this someplace else where it's, you're still allowed to do personal things outside of work. Like you're still allowed to like go play your guitar and like take the time that you need to, to be you just because there's no separation between your office and your home now. It doesn't mean you can't separate your time between office and home. I think that's probably good to remember. A lot of folks I've seen are really, um, really keen on routines. So if they used to get up and make coffee and work out, it's like even more imperative now that that stays the same so that you have some sense of normalcy. Otherwise, you have what we had at the beginning of this podcast where we're like, what day is it today? I don't even know what time it is. Like, we have no idea. You know, it feels like that time between Christmas and New Year's or, you know, when everyone goes on break between the holidays and you're like, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what temperature it is outside. I don't know what time zone I'm in. Like, that's what it starts to feel like if you don't have some kind of benchmarks for what your days are. Um, The other piece I will throw in there is what we've come across is even more reliance than ever on cloud stuff. So if you're used to, you know, I think like FedEx and mailing things is still fine if you feel comfortable. Like venturing to FedEx in and of itself is probably not what people are doing, but sending things through cloud is going to be super key, right? So continually updating your computer to, if you have Backblaze, like making sure that keeps working and using Google Drive and Dropbox and things because you're not going to be able to ship a hard drive all the time to somebody or go into the office and have your computer back up someplace. So I think we're going to see a lot more reliance on the cloud-based structures and setting up a schedule for you to do it yourself, right? Technology will save us, um, I guess. I want to add to that list uh, a platform called Massive. So Massive doesn't do anything but move media. They're not like a, you know, it's not like Frame.io, you can't do work in progress from you. It's not like Dropbox or Google Drive. It doesn't have any of those other tools, but Massive is just built for moving around your media. And in my experience, like when I've had to deliver dailies to people, it's like five times as fast than Dropbox for like big media files. I don't quite understand like why it's, you know, cause I always thought it was the internet pipes that was the problem, but Massive's argument is actually the problem is often at the server end. And uh, all they do is, um, if you can hear something in the background, going, going on what Michelle was saying earlier, um, you know, we uh, our lives continue, but now our lives are a little bit more mixed up with work. I listened to a podcast this morning where the podcast host was like, okay, so I'm going to introduce you some sounds you might randomly hear. This is what my fridge sounds like. This is what my radiator sounds like. You're going to be hearing that more than you normally do. And uh, you guys can probably hear right now my 18-month-old daughter, who is in my arms right now and playing with this stuff. Uh, unicorn and hitting me in the face with it. So if you're hearing something, that is what is happening. It's actually pretty good. It's, it's like my favorite way to podcast. I got a great text from someone I work with this morning where I was like, I was sitting in the Google Hangout and she was like, and I was, and she was like, not Zoom. And I was like, tell me why I should switch to Zoom. We have Google Hangouts free, but if I, if I should pay for Zoom, um, let me know if there's a compelling reason. And she's like, you know what? At this point, I'm just being platform agnostic. What do you guys think people can do proactively 
Like, what are some things people can be doing with this time if they're basically not working? Like, you work on set, right? Say you say your livelihood happens in a set, which is an environment that's like highly contagious no matter what. What do you do? Yeah. Like, what what can you do with this time? Like, what are some thoughts? I mean, the first thing to remember is that Squarespace and Wix and all the other ones out there will let you work on your website for free without paying for it. You don't have to yeah. pay for it until you want it to be public. So, like, you know, and everybody has an out-of-date website. Like, half the time I meet people, they're like, oh, let me send you my website. It's out-of-date. Like, there's no such thing as uh, an artist who feels like their website is up-to-date. So now is a great opportunity to make sure your website is up-to-date, like, if you're a DP. But even if you're somebody who works on set, like, you know, I'll run into gaffers all the time who, like, have a website. And it's like, you know, you can't really have a reel of gaffing work because someone else is a VP on that, but you can have behind the scenes stills and you can have a list of all your credits and the people you've worked with and you can have a nice looking thing. And you know, that is sort of increasingly the universe we're in. So that would be the first thing I would think about is like, what, what can you do to set yourself up strong for when work is back in session? Websites a great idea. If you're going to have sustained time at home, time at home, and there's something that you've been wanting to learn, now is a great time to do it. Particularly if you were, like, let's say you wanted to earn, if you wanted to learn a new editing platform and right now it's being offered potentially for free for you to learn, now is a great time to do it. We're going to keep tracking places where you can learn new skills for free. I think, like, I'm of two minds here. As a parent and in the world of the internet, I see tons of people posting these things, these, like, very Pinterest-friendly, color-coded schedules of what they're doing with their kids all day to keep them educated. And I'm just like, oh, my God. that Like, for me, it's like screen time or keep them from fighting with each other. I don't know what else to do. But if you want to be, like, a perfect person, I think you use this time to structure your life so you can better yourself and expand your, like you're saying. So I, I guess I bring up the kid thing because it's like, look, if you want to just, if this is overwhelming and you're like, I just want to watch movies and stream shows I never saw, I think that's great too. And I think there's value in that. I think we should totally be like, yeah, that's great. Like if that there's, you can learn by watching a bunch of movies you never saw. You can dive into the history of cinema or the golden ages of television. But there's also a really cool chance here to like, add to your um your special skills list on your resume like i can code now or or i can uh i can cut on three different editing platforms or i can also edit on you know a new an, another audio platform or you know what are things like are there trainings and i think this goes into the question about what you guys are doing at fierstein a little bit charles and and what educators are doing but are there ways people can be like i want to learn more about being a cinematographer or a gaffer and of course i'm just going to plug no film school we have all kinds of resources about those things but charles can you speak to like some of that maybe first off i i, I totally want to appreciate george that you gave the shout out to like it's totally okay if you just use this time to watch a bunch of movies I think that's great. Like, if you have a list of movies you've always meant to watch, or if you have a bunch of movies, you know, I've seen a couple pop up on Twitter recently where I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen all of these films that, like, so, like, if, if you're in a position where you can watch movies, I think that that's a phenomenal thing. With an 18 month old, I'm not going to be able to catch up on a lot of vintage Italian horror. So, watch it for me. I'm jealous. Now we're pivoting into the hard thing. And honestly, I've been on so many phone calls about this, and we're in so many phone calls more of like, how do you teach directing an actor? in an online platform? How do we teach cinematography in an online platform? And like, 
Mifflin School has a lot of great resources. There's a lot of great YouTube channels. There's Indie Mogul. There's all sorts of other places. But honestly, I feel like we're going to see more effort put into this in the next in the next six months than in the totality of the last twenty years. You mean effort put um, into creating good educational yeah. resources that can be provided yeah. for things that are harder to learn online. Yeah, There's a lot of virtual film set stuff that we've seen people working with. Like, how do you place, like, how do you plan and pre-light and, and, you know, like storyboard essentially your whole set. And we've seen these things. I think we reported on one uh, last year at Cinegear. Um, and we will, you know, we'll have all those things and we'll be looking to reshare those kinds of things. But as there's more people trying to make it possible to educate better about the things that were harder to educate online, we will absolutely make sure to keep bringing it to people because it's exactly what we want to do. So if there's suddenly a flood, like you're talking about of great resources and people with a lot of knowledge, like making that available to people all over the world, we will try and get it to our readers and listeners. Hey guys, so that was uh, No Film School podcast for this week. I'm George Edelman, Editor-in-Chief at No Film School. That was also Charles Hain, who is a writer at No Film School, and Michelle De La Tour, one of our writers at No Film School. Um, you can find everything we spoke about and more at nofilmschool.com. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at No Film School on Twitter, and our Facebook page is No Film School. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube as well. We're going to keep bringing you a lot of stories and resources coming out of this confusing and strange and unique and interesting time that we're living through. Uh, head over to the website and please ask us any questions or email us at editor at nofilmschool.com or ask at nofilmschool.com. We're really interested to hear from people in the community about what they're going through, what they want to learn about or what they want to know about. As this is happening, we're going to do our best to kind of keep everybody together and uh, keep us all united in our efforts to become better storytellers and filmmakers, despite all that's happening in the world. Thanks so much.